This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. It is not intended to cause or induce breach of an existing agency agreement. Hello? 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 This is the Vancouver Weather State Podcast. And welcome back to Vancouver Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Scalina. And I'm your other host, Matt Scalina. And Matt, we should say host, but also realtors with Oakland downtown, Oakland Realty downtown office in Vancouver. Super excited to have today Dean Johnson on the program. He is the vice president of development at West Group. This is a great show. This is a great show. Uh, What I loved about having Dean on, you know, I think... We like to talk to people from all across the the world of real estate. Um, Murtaza Hyder last week, Fantastic for, for instance, episode. professor in Toronto. Now for something entirely different. Dean works for one of the largest developers in all of Western Canada. He's got his finger on many different asset classes, many different areas around uh, the lower mainland. This is a complicated, large operation uh, that Dean's involved with. And it was just so great having him in talking about the market what's going on, what are some of the challenges. The master plan community I, conversation was fantastic. So we do all the, we, we do the things that I think everybody wants to hear. You know, what's Dean's thoughts on best areas to invest, up and coming neighborhoods, you know, bright spots in the market. We talk about what he, what he thinks the market's doing and what it's going to do, all those types of things. But then there's, there's these great little insights into, yeah, master plan communities, how challenging it is to approach these massive development projects and have the vision uh, to actually take it on. Yeah. And, and the skill set and the um, team to execute really. Right. And, and in a lot of ways, it made me think, you know, everybody says real estate's along real estate investing, real right. estate, you know, it's not timing the market, it's time in the market. And you kind of get that from this conversation with Dean, because like River District, for instance, which is a West Group you're project. Not, you're not monitoring month to month. No, they they bought, the, the land was purchased in the 90s. Right. They're 40% done. Yeah. Like they're not like, oh my God, what's the Bank of Canada going to do? Uh, what's happening this month? Yeah. You know, it's it's such a different scale and a, and a timeline that uh, that it's kind of like a welcome reminder. Yeah. And a lot comes out of this conversation like that, right? Like where it's like, huh, it kind of repositions your thoughts just just overall in terms of the different players at, at, at the industry level, right? Right, right, exactly. Uh, but yeah, really, really a fascinating conversation with Dean today. It was a pleasure having him in studio. Matt, before we get to that conversation, we have so many great episodes coming. I just want to plug a few. Uh, one is John Friesen, president of uh, Mission Group out of Kelowna. Right. There's like a uh, really fantastic episode coming on uh, the Kelowna and the Okanagan and the future of that region. I'm super excited to release that. That conversation uh, was fantastic. Well, we got Allie Wolf uh, coming. We're we're talking to her tomorrow. Allie is from Zonda. and An economist with Zonda. She's an economist uh, uh, with Zonda. And check this out. She actually advises... The White House spends she's a lot. Of, spends a lot of time at the White House. She's she's one of I think four four people that four economists that advise the White House on real estate. So this is uh, 
this is an amazing guest to have. Uh, I can't wait to have Allie Wolf. She's going to be talking a lot about the U.S. market, how it connects to to Canada and Vancouver, but I'm also going to get her insights on hotspots in the U.S., her, her thoughts on for real estate investors. Fantastic. Just so many good episodes coming. Um, last but not least, Jason Turcott, formerly with Cressy, now with Darwin. Past guest fan favorite. Always good to have Jason yeah, in the studio. Yeah, Jason was in the studio this week. So, so many great episodes. Uh, stay tuned. Lots of great stuff coming. And before we uh, uh, cut to our talk with Dean, Adam, we we have to acknowledge 3.5% rise right. in rentals. This is the, the rate that just came out from the NDP. Yes. W- what's your hot take? My hot, oh man, it's it's a tricky thing because I mean, I think as uh, we understand why uh, rents have gone so crazy in the city and it's it's pain point. It, it's like, I, I, I wanna, the health of the city kind of depends on keeping people in, in housing. So from that perspective, it makes a lot of sense. But, you know, I also understand that people that have had kind of these legacy kind of tendencies in place, it's challenging, right? Because in in many ways, your your carrying costs have probably gone up and and skyrocketed a lot more yeah. than three and a half percent. Yeah, so it is a it's a tricky conversation. The other thing is is we've talked about it. We actually talk talk about it on the show with um, Jason, but about getting our market rental built and and some of the challenges that it, it's like it's almost like a, there's so many different policies and needs at odds here. It's really hard, and and this is one of them, right? It's like you want to control rent, but you also want to encourage people to build new housing, and the uh, and the and new housing do- the new housing doesn't <laughs> pencil because uh, in in part because of these the rent control, yeah. right? Is is the point? So I also feel like it if you're if you've had a home in Vancouver and you're it's a rental and you've been there for a long time, this is great for you. It doesn't really help if you're moving. No. Or if you're just looking for a place because anyone who's who's uh, renting out a property right now is looking for absolute top dollar because they know they have to contend with with uh, lower than inflation rates of raising their, their rents. So, so and that's, it's, and that's it's challenging. Actually, that's that's 100% true. And I mean, that was obviously one of the big critiques about rent control, but that is the number one thing because we're talking to people with with rentals all the time. And that's like the number one thing now is I have to get top dollar because I know that I, my hands are tied to keep up with my cost moving forward. Exactly. Exactly. So it's, and look at the look at the increase in rents we've had. And the, the other thing I will say is is I just saw the other day there's like lineups around the block for rentals uh, in the city of Vancouver right now. Lots of media around it. So it's a uh, it's a problem. It's, it's a, a problem. problem. I feel like the NDP tried to thread the needle here a little bit, uh, and uh, I guess time will tell. But what what else do we have, Adam, uh, quickly before we get to our talk with Dean? Well, Matt, this episode is sponsored by Scalina Real Estate. And I should say we are Scalina Real Estate. That's right. We run a real estate business outside of doing this podcast. And uh, one thing we're going to do today is just quickly talk about 15 seconds on a listing of ours uh, somebody who took advantage of the sold plan. This is uh, Unit 430 at 1588 East Hastings or Boehm, which I can't believe Boehm is is 2015 building. It's hard to imagine. I remember when Millennium was pre-selling Boehm, like that felt like yesterday. And uh, anyway, still a relatively new building, still under warranty. This unit is unreal in the sense that it's a big one bedroom, over 700 square feet. 
But the key with this one is is almost 11 foot ceilings. And you know, it's funny, like everybody talks about overheight ceilings and it's usually like- Nine foot ceilings. Yeah, or eight, eight. You know, it's like, are these overheight? It feels like a cathedral in here. It's like, yeah, that's eight, eight. These are 11, It's 11 feet. It's actually awesome being in there. It feels like you're in, it almost feels like you're in like a double ceiling height loft. Like it feels, it feels phenomenal in there. So big one bedroom plus den with overheight ceilings. So if you're looking like that in a trendy part of East Vancouver, this is kind of like the North commercial area. It's North on- commercial. And it's also anyone who goes down Hastings, I think will know this building. Yokes is in the bottom. It's also got that white brick exterior. Beautiful that's white super brick cool. Exterior. Yeah. And, uh, and a stone's throw from all the best breweries. And of course the Adenac union bike route. So this is a, this is a great one. If you want to check that out, head over to Vancouver real where we have a listing section now And then, of course, while you're there, sign up for the sold plan. Take advantage of the sold plan. The sold plan is your step-to-step guide for getting your market, your your property, I should say, on the market to get top dollar in the shortest amount of time. It's all there. Just click sell with us and you will get your free download. It's instant. And uh, we welcome everybody from the industry to enjoy it as well. If you're a realtor and you want to download it, head over. If you're looking about getting your, your place on the market in the near future and you just want a resource to consult... It's great for any starting point. It's evergreen. It's there when you need it. Sell with us at VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. This is a document we put together after selling hundreds of homes. Absolutely, Matt. Without further ado, our conversation with Dean Johnson, Vice President of Development at West Group. This podcast is sponsored by Marcon, a local family-owned and managed real estate development and construction company that's been around for nearly four decades. Marcon is not only committed to high-quality construction, but it also is making a positive impact in the communities in which it builds all across the Lower Mainland. We want to highlight two incredible Marcon projects. Elmwood, a 38-story tower located at Berquitlam's most important intersection, Como Lake Avenue and Clark Road. This landmark tower will feature 335 condominiums, over 37,000 square feet of office and retail space, and almost 20,000 square feet of amenity space. Elmwood has been incredibly popular with 80% sold currently, but they still have a great selection of junior one-bedroom all the way to three-bedroom homes remaining. Check out markon.ca slash Elmwood for more. And Matt, we are also excited about Sone House, Markon's newest community in West Coquitlam, with 165 homes ranging from junior one-beds to three-beds. Sone House offers the perfect West Coast aesthetic with a more nuanced Nordic-inspired design. Register today at marcon.ca slash Sonehouse. That's S-O-E-N-H-A-U-S. Or you can learn more at marcon.ca or follow them at Instagram at marconhomes. Marcon, building for life. Okay, so we're here with Dean Johnson, VP of Development at West Group. How you doing, Dean? Doing well today, thanks. Yeah, thanks uh, Thanks for coming down to the studio, Dean. It's great to have you here. And we've had uh, past guests from West Group, but uh, never had you on the show. Can you start by telling our guests a little bit about yourself? Yeah, of course. I'm Vice President of Development at West Group, as you mentioned. And uh, my role at West Group is to oversee our development activities um, and the entirety of the development team. So um, personally... Obviously, we have a lot of projects underway, and I'm working on a number of them with the team, including a number of master plans as well as individual projects. So my day-to-day really is to kind of support and oversee the team and make sure all the collaboration takes place and things stay on schedule. Dean, how how did you get in real estate? Um, yeah, pretty 
pretty straightforward pathway, quite frankly. <laughs> um, you know, I grew up in and around construction. A number of family members were working in construction at various degrees. Um, you know, I found my way into university and as I was looking to complete my business degree, uh, I spent my summers doing construction. So whether it was framing houses, whether it was, you know, working in custom homes, kind of worked for a couple of different crews at different stages, uh, and ended up seeing a lot of different components of the on-site piece. And it wasn't really until I kind of put two and two together at a light bulb moment somewhere, probably in a summer after a few beers, uh, <laughs> university was like, holy second, I can, I can do all of the components that I really like about business and the entrepreneurial nature of them with the construction side. And, you know, obviously the development industry is, is wide and varied and has many different roles within it. And, you know, I found my way into targeting the development side of the business apart from perhaps acquisitions or leasing or something like that. And, uh, Following university, I was lucky enough to get uh, an entry-level job at Concert Properties. So Dave Podmore, I actually met with and just obviously a legend in the industry and right. such a great mentor. And he was good enough to kind of put his trust in me and bring me on the team. And so spent the better part of eight years at Concert. Kind of did a variety of different projects, everything from some master plans in Victoria, a lot of seniors housing, some other projects here in the lower mainland, kind of having my fingers in the a lot of different types of projects. And then ultimately, you know, following that, uh, found my way over to West Group, better part of six years ago, and have been kind of working on a lot of stuff since then. So, you know, a lot of River District projects, a lot of our future master plan projects, uh, and then obviously now kind of in a position for a number of years now where um, I oversee the team. And and West Group, we know we had Bo Jarvis on a while back, and, and the idea of that West Group over the years has just banked a lot of land. Like where where are the future? Can you talk a little bit about where you guys are thinking? I wish I there's so many questions I should have asked before this, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, where's right. where's the where's the, where the exciting areas where you're like, oh man, this might be the next one that makes sense. Oh, I mean, where do I start? Uh, you know, it's very interesting. Obviously, West Group has been around for over 60 years. Right. You know, Peter Westick and the Westick family, um, as Bo mentioned, fantastic owners, you know, obviously visionaries and kind of lead through a very values-based approach, which is, you know, fantastic to work for and, and you learn a lot from. And so over the years, kind of those principled investment decisions has brought a lot of land into the land bank. And obviously, we've worked through some master plans like Brewery District and River District. Um, there's a lot to talk about there, but some of the future projects that we're working on that we're really excited about is um, we've got a master plan in Port Moody, a coronation park that we've been working away on for a number of years, uh, an asset, uh, another master plan in downtown Surrey that we're really excited about, Kitty Corner from City Hall. Uh, so that's something that's coming down the pipe as well. And another partnership opportunity that we're working on in North Road. So kind of between those four big projects that are in our pipeline and happening, you know, we're in entitlements right now, just in those four projects for 10,000 units and 10 million square feet. So wow. that as a whole, I think is, you know, eye-opening and yeah. also, you know, exciting yet daunting because we obviously have to build the team to support that. And we're kind of in that process of scaling right now. It's it's funny because, you know, in the, as, as real estate agents, I feel like we're, you know, it's like, is the market slowing down? Like, it's, it doesn't feel like last Tuesday. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's week so week. week by week or day by day or, you know, uh, property didn't get the number of offers you thought. And we're so, like, in the, in the weeds. But with these types of projects and that type of planning and scale, obviously, you're not thinking week by week or month by month even uh, about the market. But what's your take on the market right now? 
Yeah, I mean, I guess just to answer that kind of statement, you know, we'd look at it as like a 50-year horizon for some of these projects. Right. right. So there are ups and downs along the way. And obviously you have to be, you know, very strategic and placing yourself in a position to be taking advantage of, of things when times are good, but also being protective when times are bad. So that's part of our strategic plan. And that's how we look at these master plans. In terms of the marketplace right now, I think it just kind of depends on what product type you're looking at. From a residential marketplace perspective, there's still demand in pockets. You know, we're seeing some really strong demand with some projects that we've launched recently and, and are excited to launch a couple this fall. I think you know, we talked earlier, like it's hard to paint a broad brush and you guys know this, right? You know, whether it's the single family home market, is it a suburban multifamily market? Like what is it? And right. high end downtown market, everything is a little bit different. Everything is a different buyer type. Everybody who's buying has different personal situations. And what we're finding is for the product, you know, that's, you know, cost competitive in great locations where people want to live with great unit plans, there is a deep market. There always will be. And that's just the beauty of living in Vancouver. You know, there's people who want to be here. People want to move around and start their lives here. And so if you can find the right product, there's still tons of absorption happening in the marketplace. And you're seeing that in places like Berquitlam and, you know, we're seeing absorption in, in River District mm-hmm. and other places in the Lower Manland. So, yeah. Does this moment in the market remind you of any any other moment? Not that I can really think of. I, you know, I think it's been a long time for Vancouver um, to kind of see this uncertainty, especially when it comes to interest rates, because obviously interest rates have an impact not only from a project financing perspective and investment decisions and, and you know, getting projects off the ground, but also buying decisions mm-hmm. for purchasers, right? So um, whether that's an immediate you know, resale market or a pre-sale market, like it just has a kind of compounding effect. So you know, I don't think we've seen that that effect recently. And, um, and so obviously we're, we're working through those challenges, but as I mentioned, you know, we're really excited because we actually think there's some depth in marketplace and we want to bring some projects to the market. And, and so from our perspective, you know, we always want to have product going and we always want to bring things to the market. So we find ways to make the math work and, and move it ahead. And, and thinking about this, cause I, I just want to, when you think about master plan communities, um, obviously there's a commercial component, there's a residential component, there's, there's lots that goes into, uh, making these communities thrive, right? Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about maybe the commercial market and, and, um, and what's happening in commercial real estate right now and maybe how it's, how it's changed over the last few years? Yeah. I mean, I think, um, well, Hanny was just on the podcast talking in depth about that topic and, you know, I think there's you know, some uncertainty as to kind of where the market currently is. In terms of our master plan communities, you know, we see the commercial component as being integral to the residential component. Like they work hand in hand. Like you have to have well curated retail that fits with the vision for the master plan. And I think, you know, if you're saying, or if you're kind of looking at it from that perspective and the two are very symbiotic, you know, there is a good market for retail. There is a good market for industrial still. You know, are we seeing you know, lease rates top off in the industrial space. It seems like we are. Obviously, I think it just gets to a point where businesses are having a challenging time right. justifying those rates. Then again, we have land scarcity when it comes to the industrial market. So how does that play into things? But in terms of the master plan component, you know, we always want to ensure we don't undersize the retail component because it is an important piece to keep people in their space and want to be there. And um, and obviously there's massive demand both on the retail side in master plan communities where they see the density and the growth. And then obviously we need that from a retail residential perspective. Hmm. I'm just thinking about de- the development community and how often in think people thinking in bro- kind of broad strokes, it's kind of like the development community 
is building, but very few are capable, I think, of doing master plan communities. And I'm guessing that West Group has, in many ways, kind of their part of their strategy is is just focusing on master plan communities because it's a it, it's a niche, right? Mm-hmm. Can you talk about maybe what makes West Group different in the ability to approach master plan communities? Definitely. Um, you know, I think you hit the nail on the head. You know, a lot of developers see the benefits of the master plan community. You know, the long term pipeline, the ability to withstand market changes and dynamics. But you need to understand the risks, right? Holding costs, servicing costs, when you deliver amenities, how all those pieces fit into the puzzle. Like to strategically understand and have the experience of how to, you know, be flexible and be adaptable to set yourself up for success. I think that's where we have experience and we're able to kind of leverage those capabilities to take on more master plans. And that really comes back to a couple factors in terms of West Group. And, you know, I think we have and the company has, and Peter Westick, quite frankly, has a lot of experience from the Park Lane days in terms of doing the land development master plans. So he understands the, the risks associated with that. And so, you know, we've been able to build, I think, a leadership team and and a skill set within the company that obviously complements that to be able to execute on that. So I think there's a you know a personnel skill set component. In addition to that, obviously the um, the financial backing and our IPPA asset portfolio and the relationships with the financial institutions helps us be able to say, hey, we can we can walk the walk and we can talk the talk. You know, additionally, I think it also comes down to you know when we work with communities. You know, why is West Group different? You know, I, I think we look at developing master plans as like a symbiotic relationship between the city, the community, and, and West Group. And you need to have that relationship between all three parties and engage really early and understand what each group wants. And all, not only kind of take the time to understand and kind of develop those relationships, but you need to foster them as you go through. And that's something that we really focus on. You know, we're a very values-based approach. You know, we have values that are written on the wall that we you know, we, that permeate all the way down through every single piece of business we do. And I think it shows because we're able to kind of execute on the master plan communities where I think there's a lot of developers out there that say they want to do master plans. It seems like a good idea. And, you know, let's see how many can execute on it. Right. right. I think that's the question. Has it from like an organizational perspective, have you set yourself up for only doing master plan communities? Like I'm, I'm thinking in terms of just the the size of the company and and where you've kind of got the skill sets, like would West Group take on just an individual site and build build a building? Absolutely. I mean, I think we're investors first and foremost, right? And so if the investment opportunity presents itself, you know, we pride ourselves in being adaptable to figure out how to make that happen. So by no means will we turn that down. By no means are we not looking for those opportunities and those one-offs. That being said, I think we've we've set up our company and our business to efficiently execute on these master plans. And so, you know, it's definitely something that we're more comfortable with. You can obviously see that through the, some of the acquisitions we made recently and some of the master plans I mentioned earlier. So are we set up for it? Absolutely. Is it the only thing we can do? Definitely not. You right. know, we definitely have in our pipeline right now up to 30 active projects. Only a number of them are master plans. A number of them are standalone individual projects. So we've got lots to go on those ones. Okay. Can you talk a little bit, this is a sort of vague question, but I'm just thinking about, so you, you've made, West Group has made acquisitions recently. You know, you're, you're thinking, especially for the master plan, like it's a 50 year horizon. Can you talk about being in that room and, and sort of the, the thinking that goes into that, that decision? Because, you know, for a lot of listeners, you know, they might 
mom and pop investors. Hey, I, I bought a condo, you know, it was pretty stressful. Mm-hmm. Uh, that type of thing. Right. I, I believe in the neighborhood. In this case, you're dealing with, you know, potential political changes uh, at the municipal level. Uh, you're dealing with, you know, just a long term horizon in terms of interest rates, carrying costs. It, there's so many things that go into it, right? Like, how does that decision? It seems almost impossible to feel a hundred percent like this is. Hey, let's let's go. Can you talk about being in that room and what that? How how complicated those conversations are and how long it takes to actually, you know, r- remove those subjects? <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, that's a whole other podcast. I think it's it's interesting. You know, it's it's big decisions, but I think it's small. It's baby steps. Right. I mean, I think there's obviously large visions that you see with these master plans, and those are largely the end result of tons of small decisions that are made along the way. And, you know, as we go through due diligence, you know, we try to mitigate risk in all the components. So, yeah, it's it's daunting to kind of look at the whole piece. But if you break it into the components and we have specialized teams with a vertically integrated development company that are are well versed in doing their component the best in class take the sum of all those parts and you bring it up together and have a discussion about mitigating risk. And, and we evaluate all those factors. You mm-hmm. know, we were in one recently where, you know, we we're talking about the political risk, talking about the long-term financial risk, doing a bunch of sensitivity analysis on interest rates and, you know, cash flow curves and all these different things. And so all of that factors into the decision and obviously it needs to work from a financial perspective and we have hurdle rates and, and kind of rules of thumbs that we use for sure. But, I'd be lying to say if it wasn't a massive gut check decision at the end of the day, yeah. right? It's a decision that's made. It's like, do you believe in the real estate? Is it in a good location? Do you believe it long-term? Is it the best out of our peers in terms of proximity to transit, walkable neighborhoods, a space you know you can make people want to live or people want to live? And if you kind of check all those boxes, it's a good it's a good investment. And and those decisions and those and those conversations are really interesting and and you know enlightening for sure. I love that. It's a, uh, it's the same, it's the same questions <laughs> that everybody has. This reminds me of, uh, uh, there was an agent at our office who was stressing out cause uh, they were working on a very expensive transaction. They said, it's just a normal transaction. You just, there's a couple more zeros. Right. And I mean, it's like, yeah, it's funny that at the end of the day, it's a lot of gut checking. Right. Um, and it's complicated for sure. You know, the, the, the financial model for you know, a nine phase master plan community with $75 million of servicing is going to be a complex piece, right? So you need to understand those components. You need to understand whether or not those components are, you know, accounted for correctly. But assuming you've done all of that correctly and assuming that you've you've acted in professional manner and figured it out and right. applied your knowledge, then at the end of the day, it's a simple decision. Right. And often, presumably, it's almost, is the leadership excited about taking this on, right? Because if you're not excited about it, there's got to be, it goes back to the gut. Like, okay, yeah. what is it about this location or this project that doesn't, this is like, eh. Well, and that's the thing, like the political component is obviously something that's significant in our region, policy right. and, politi- and the political side of things. And so, you know, how that fits into what decisions you need made to remove, to, to make sure you can get some certainty on the project, whether it's are we getting this rezone in this election cycle? Are we getting this rezone in the next election cycle? Like, how do we, how right. do we understand that? And that's where the relationship piece comes in too, right? So, you know, we're out there, you know, liaising with all the different staff members and politicians and trying to get a better understanding of how people feel and what their needs are and seeing if we can respond to them. 
Would you say that's the biggest risk that you're analyzing or thinking about? I mean, it seems like it's becoming a huge risk. <laughs> yeah, you know, right. the, the pendulum flips, you know, from side to side every four years in some places, right? And, um, you know, given how long these projects take to get off the ground from a planning and design perspective, let alone processing, you know, you're looking at up to four or five years of planning work before some of these projects are able to kind of get in the ground. And so how does that overlay with the political schedule? You know, are you going to get yourself to a position where the attitudes change at the wrong time and then, right. then you're in trouble? So yeah, it's, it's definitely a huge factor that is becoming a bigger consideration. So Dean, before we, we uh, pressed record here, we were talking about COVID and how, you know, our office was kind of a safe space for us to get out of the house and actually get something done. And it sounds like West Group had uh, a small kind of cadre of people that that were really effective and efficient at the office. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just thinking about that, you know, well, like one thing that strikes me is the last five years, there's been tons of uncertainty and, and change. And it kind of speaks to this, like these 50-year horizons. Mm-hmm. But has, say, since 2018, 2019, where we're... Um, COVID, work from home, people imagining their lives in entirely different ways, zero interest rates into what we're into today. Like it's it's a totally different environment. Has West Group, how have you guys managed that? And have you shifted in in any fundamental ways kind of the, or pivoted it, I guess, to to change your business? Or is it is it kind of like, Hey, this is what happens. The world is is always in flux, and keep uh, keep your eye on the north star. <laughs> That's a good question. I mean, I don't think you know from a from like a fundamental decision making you know perspective. Like, I don't think you know. I think it's come full circle. Like, I think we've gone through this hiccup. Obviously, there's still um, a number of people who are either back to work or not back to work uh, in person, sorry. Um, and people are either working from home or, or have different um, commuting regimes. I think for the most part, at least within our business, you know, we're back to the office, but in terms of the product that we're designing and the homes for people in the spaces, you know, we haven't really seen a fundamental shift in how buildings are designed, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you look at different changes that happened in history with different items. Like for example, the powder room was something that was developed through the Spanish flu epidemic because it was something that people didn't want. I didn't know that. Yeah. They didn't want people coming into the main part of the home. And if you're visiting, you could be somewhat separate from the main washroom. So there was design aesthetics and design changes that perhaps found its way into our built environment and has changed the norm. Um, obviously not every home has a powder room, but that's, that's a thing. And, you know, fundamentally we still have in-suite storage. We still have in-suite storage that converts to dens in Vancouver. Um, you know, I think there's, there was some discussion about kind of making sure that there was a lot of work from home space for a while. You know, fundamentally, I think, you know, the push towards smaller, more efficient unit mixes seems to have trumped that just with the way prices have gone. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, from a design aesthetic perspective, I don't think anything really fundamentally has changed, but also from like a pricing perspective and the growth and and the, the, the values over time, like it's put pressure on people living in smaller spaces just in terms of affordability, mm-hmm. which is a challenge. Mm-hmm. And in, in thinking about the interest rate environment that we're in right now, it seems like we might be near the the top of the increase cycle, but I'm wondering how 
you're thinking because so pre-construction, I guess there's two kind of lines of thinking here. One is, you know, there doesn't seem like there's a lot of investors in the market right now. It seems like there's a level of uncertainty uh, or the numbers don't work, whatever it is. It's just, it's a little different. So maybe we can talk about that, but, but more along the lines of, it seems pretty clear that we're going to be higher for longer um, in terms of interest rates being higher for a longer period. I'm wondering how that's factoring into to launching projects and what you think that does to to pricing because we've had like a pretty surprising first half of the year where I think prices have been not only stable but increasing to a lot of people's surprise like how are you, is West Group thinking uh, about how higher for longer impacts pricing in the next I don't know number of years I guess yeah I mean uh, given the supply constraints we have in this marketplace um, and the you know, challenges we're having getting projects, you know, through the municipal process, but also just with construction costs the way they are and interest rates and financing and, and getting the project actually off the ground, like the supply constraint will be unchanged for a mm-hmm. long period of time. You know, we just saw an article today from the CIBC saying perhaps we've underestimated an additional million Canadians that no one counted before, which is kind of crazy. And so, whoops. you know, whoops, <laughs> that's a bit, of a, a bit of an error. And who knows if that's true or not. It could be <laughs> could be proved false by the time we get out of this podcast. But yeah. I think, you know, ultimately, you know, the discussions and the narrative around, you know, whether it's immigration, whether it's you know, students, and I mean, those two even pulled apart, there's just as a shortage of housing. And so, you know, do we foresee interest rates normalizing in the next two to three years? Absolutely. Are they going to go back down to 2%? I don't think anyone's really forecasting that, but hopefully coming down to a reasonable level from a, you know, in terms of a longer term trend. And in terms of the decisions that it it, it makes us um, consider, you know, frankly, I think in a number of our projects that are master plan communities, we are building for both investors and end users. And those residents and those people whose homes we're creating in this neighborhoods that we're creating for them to live in, we want people who live there. We want people who not only invest, but also want to use the space and want to access the amenities and to use the parks and create vibrant communities. Mm-hmm. And that's what we are. We're, we like to build complete communities. That's what we're all about. And so I don't think it's necessarily changed our investment decisions or style. Um, it's a consideration without a doubt, but on the longer term trend, like we're still designing master plan communities for the end user. Mm-hmm. You know, if investors want to see the benefit of that, you know, in terms of investment decision, like they seem to see the benefit of that and make an investment decision based on that. Awesome. You know, but we don't typically tailor make a lot of our product for investors. So a consideration, but not a, not a direction. You know, I'm, I'm just thinking about the choice of, because one thing is, is the, obviously River District has been incredibly successful. Um, okay. So just thinking about River District from its proximity to transit, like a lot of the master plan communities are happening or, or development is happening around SkyTrain lines. Obviously River District is not right around a SkyTrain line. How did that play into uh, design? Yeah, um, it's a good question. Obviously, River District, 130 acres, southeast Vancouver on the waterfront of the Fraser River. You know, when when you look at master plans, as you'd mentioned, you know, and a number of our new master plans are directly on top of a SkyTrain, <laughs> sometimes right. even having a bridge directly into one. And so for the most part, obviously, that's something that is, is desirable in this day and age. And obviously, the SkyTrain expansions happen 
substantially since the investment to purchase the mill, you know, in the late nineties was made and throughout, you know, it's really interesting. Um, I came to West group six years ago and I've been pretty heavily involved in kind of the revitalization of the OCP amendment over the last couple of years. So we added a bunch of density to deliver more public amenities, uh, really kind of is the next phase of the future. But looking back over some of the original planning documents, you know, it was understood that obviously rapid transit perhaps wasn't in the future for the master plan. That being said, we looked at it from like a complete community perspective. So, you know, there's this terminology about, you know, new urbanism as like a planning and design principled aesthetic. And I think part of that is really designing, you know, walkable communities that have Mm -hmm. abundant amenities where people don't need to leave. People have everything they're looking for. We've got parks, you know, 30 acres in the case of River District parks, you know, interconnectivity between buildings and and a very dense community to enable, you know, a successful retail component and they feed off one another. So obviously the comp, you know, the, the density of residents with the retail component means it creates a very successful dynamic. And so, you know, although it doesn't have a direct access to, rapid transit, you know, we now have a, a direct bus and a rapid bus down to the Canby Canada Line station. So that's happening a couple times at, uh, every hour or something like that. And then also it's actually quite pro- proximate to um, Metrotown. Mm-hmm. It's really close to Metrotown, surprisingly. And so what we're finding is there's actually added benefits of perhaps not being by transit because we're quite central and we're finding a lot of our buyers coming from a variety of different areas. And, you know, it is interesting because yes, it is a master plan that isn't necessarily on transit, but that's kind of what makes it special in a lot right. of ways, right? It isn't as crazy as some of the master plans on transit and for different people, different needs. And so what we're finding is the people who are coming to river district and have been coming for, you know, over a decade, like the slower pace. They like the fact that there's a ton of open space to walk right. the dogs and to have the kids. And it feels much more like a, um, a slower paced community. And in this day and age, you know, obviously proximity to transit is great, but sometimes people want a little more space, a little more breathing room. Hey everyone, pardon the interruption. We just want to take a quick minute to thank the following sponsors who make this show possible. This podcast is sponsored by Common Ground Consulting. Are you developing in the Lower Mainland? Common Ground Consulting is a development management and consulting company with experience in single family, townhouses, multifamily, and commercial developments. What I love about Common Ground, Adam, is they manage the whole development process from due diligence and feasibility reports for initial purchase of land to completing rezoning, development permits, and building permits. They streamline the whole process with strong relationships with sub-consultants and municipalities and a deep understanding of all city requirements. Common Ground Consulting. Feasibility and efficiency prioritized every step of the way. Learn more at commonground-consulting.com or 604-807-6419. We are also sponsored by Oakland Realty. This is our real estate brokerage, best brokerage in the city, hands down. If you are in the industry, a new agent, an aspiring agent, somebody just looking to make a change, new culture, new energy, new resources, head over to oakland.com slash join, type in VRP 2020. That's oakland.com slash join, type in VRP 2020. Not only do you get to meet Michael Morgan and the gang, the big wigs over at Oakland, you get a huge incentive for first going to oakland.com slash join, typing in VRP 2020. I like it. That's totally, uh, I, I've never thought of that, but it is. It's kind of slightly removed in a in a positive way, like where you still get a Vancouver postal code, which a lot of people like, mm-hmm. but it's 
it, it's its own it's its own thing. Yeah, it's it's unique, right? I mean, I think it is a waterfront master plan. It has, as I mentioned, uh, thirty acres of parks. Uh, obviously, we're underway building a community center right on the waterfront with a plaza space. You know, trying to emulate our Vancouver shipyards style, right. you know, coffee in North Vancouver. They've done such a great job. Over right. There. Um, I think everybody likes that, that area. So taking that inspiration and, and really going with it. And again, going back, uh, you know, all the credit is, is with Peter Wessick and making that decision of buying the mill, uh, 130 acres back in, in the early two thousands and, and taking it through a very intensive design charrette process with stakeholders. They rolled out a number of tents, had, Hundreds of people from the community come out with planners and architects and had pages and, and tables of architects hand drawing concepts yeah. in real time as they went through the design exercise. So it was truly like a community designed master plan. And obviously, you know, that vision has gone through the variety of steps of creating actual policy documents that then we obviously work through today. Can we talk about a little bit about the commercial retail mix and and what's there for people that have never been to River District, maybe? Yeah, for sure. Um, overall, River District has half a million square feet of commercial. So, you know, it sounds like a lot. And most of that is is retail. Uh, a little bit of office here and there, but not primarily. Uh, for the most part, our commercial is is located along what we call our high street river district crossing running north south from marine down to the waterfront uh and so you know that that commercial spine um that we that we describe it as you know really is the heart of the community and it brings people from marine all the way down to the waterfront and you know for the most part we've completed all of our town center retail so you know we have retail tenants such as save on foods um shoppers bosley's you know a number of different amazing restaurants sushimura Kokomo Ramen, uh, tons of different other uh, amenities, you know, that you typically see with banks, you know, dentist, doctors, uh, obviously liquor store with everything, wine. And then more recently, uh, local public house has just opened down there. And it's it's awesome to see the vision really come to life. And, and when I started at West Group, none of those buildings existed. So to kind of like be having a photo of me in the bottom of a hole looking up and then yeah. obviously now sitting on a patio at local and seeing people walk by and, and the vibrancy, like it's everybody I talk to, not only at West group, but you know, great staff members who work with the city of Vancouver are like, Holy crap. It's, yeah, it's, it's actually, it's happening. actually happening. Yeah. And, and it's one thing for people to see the vision and full credit to the city. Um, you know, we work with a ton of great staff there and they've helped us create that vision. If you build it, they will come. It seems like it. Yeah. And it's exciting <laughs> to kind of see the next phase of it, right? As we're now moving south towards the waterfront, you know, and we're going to be building the next retail node. So it's only building on top of one another. And so the project that you have right now, Harlan, is is launched. Is that how, where are we in the, I mean, I know, so it sounds like Peter Wessick buys it in the 90s. Mm -hmm. You guys have been selling and building there for Better part of a least. decade. Is yeah, that, I was going to say definitely yeah, six, I mean, seven years at least, right? The 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 short Coles notes timeline really is, you know, it was former White Pine Sawmill owned by Warehouser. Peter Westick uh, made the investment decision to take on the the redevelopment in the site. Um, went through the planning process in the early to mid two thousands, um, and then the western half of the site was um, sold. You know, obviously Peter Westick's experience and, and history as Parkland Homes who bought the property, mm -hmm. um, sold a number of the properties to Polygon, who developed a number of them purely residentially for a while. And then we also put roamers in there really early to try to create a bit of a tone and, and to create a buzz and get some body heat down there. So that was an investment decision we made to try to, you know, 
create a, a bit of a community. And then since that time, probably, I guess, like 2010-ish, you know, Polygon has completed the development of their portion of the site, and we've been building and developing ever since 2012 when we launched our first project. So um, in terms of uh, the master plan itself, we're about 40% of the way through. It's a 9 million square foot development. Wow, so only 40%. Only about 40, 45%. And it feels so when you're... That's, that's a lot of building to, lot hit, to go. be at 40%. 100%. And it's it's super interesting because, you know, a lot of the amenities are really to come in this next little bit. Um, and so we've been able to work with the city to kind of take on some and deliver the amenities just because it hadn't necessarily been keeping pace with the development of the community. But at the end of the day, like this is a, this is a home for 15,000 people. Like if you actually look at where that sits in the size of municipalities in, in BC, like it's top 20, right? If you actually want to look at it that way. So everything that you could imagine that goes along with building a community, whether it's services and infrastructure, you know, obviously that's something that we do on a daily basis. So that's that's the experience that we've gained and and um, you know, the ability for us to execute is 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 one of our best features. You know, Dean, I just I, I hate to keep thinking about the scale of these master plan communities. But, you know, when when Peter Wysak bought that river district, like it's worth really thinking about. The 90s was a totally different moment in terms of how people wanted to get around. Urbanism ideas were totally different. Like it, it seems like it's such the 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 ability for him to kind of take on that project. Like, do you ever talk to Peter? Does he still come in the office and talk about, you know, how how you get that ability to kind of see a project 50 years out. Like how, how do you even get that? Is he born with it? Like, can you, can you give us any insight? <laughs> I, mean, I think only he can answer that. But I mean, to, you know, Peter is, Peter's in the office almost every day. You know, okay. Peter, Peter is, he's incredibly, um, you know, he's an amazing person to work for in terms of, you know, the trust he puts in his team. And, you know, he does come at, uh, at, looking at projects from a different lens. And I think a very, um, you know, not critical, but I think like, you know, understands exactly what to look for, but also sees a lot of opportunities. And I mean, you have to be able to see the opportunities to make a decision like that. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I think if I had, I'm not going to speak for him, but I think in, in summary, I think he just had a vision of where the city is going and, and what that could mean as part of that. Um, the one thing I always hear from Peter is he is, he believes in this region yeah. like nobody else. I was going to say met. he must be a fundamentally like a, in a, have an optimistic take, you know, with a, a realist kind of like ups and downs in the market, but fundamentally optimistic about the region. Long-term he thinks, and like we all think this is one of the best places in the world to, work, to live and work. And so, you know, we continue to see, that proven again and again and again. And, you know, from an investment thesis perspective, we're very focused in the lower mainland. Doesn't mean we're not looking in other locations, but, you know, this is where we know how to do business and we've been successful. And so we continue to make investments in specific location where it's just great real estate. And I think he looked at the site and said, you know, 130 acres in Vancouver, pretty hard to get that, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. and obviously come with a lot of risk. And I, and I don't want to downplay that because, you know, as an old mill site, there was a lot of, you know, cleanup. It's a brownfield site. Um, it's all, it's all great now. And we've, we've spent some time and work on that, but at the same time, like, you know, it's, it, it's a, it's a daunting task, but I think he felt like he was up for it. And then the, the, the payoff at the end was well worth it. 
Can we talk about maybe in thinking of some of the opportunities in the lower mainland or even in the province, where do you see the opportunities? I know we talked a little bit about Port Moody, downtown Surrey, North Road. Are there other areas you're excited about? You know, um, yeah, I, I grew up in Tawasson, so and I went to school in Vancouver, so I've kind of done the commuting thing for a while and I kind of know the little the area. But ultimately, I feel like those outer regions of Vancouver are are still amazing opportunities for people. I think there's going to be opportunities coming in Port Moody. I think Port Moody is an amazing, amazing community that has a lot of, I call it, you know, what makes Port Moody special, um, that thing, that vibe. And I think everybody sees it. I think everybody knows it. I think it's going to be at a premium to some of the surrounding areas. Mm. Absolutely. And and so I think there's definitely an opportunity in that area. There's still some areas in the valley where I feel there's definitely opportunities depending on what you're looking for. Um, but there's obviously been a lot of price growth in that area. And it's kind of hard to say, you know, where that pencils out long term. But yeah, Port Moody is something I'm really excited about. Um, and obviously River District is going to continue to be an amazing place to live. And and if you look at the at the horizon of a project that's only 40% built out, like there's still a lot of amazing things to come. And I think, you know, there's some components that are going to be delivered recently in the near future that are going to be so unique that almost no other master plan has in the region. And um, I truly do think people are going to want to be there. So, somebody described Port Moody to me recently as East Van meets Deep Cove. And I was like, that's so bang on. <laughs> Spot on, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I totally that's a good spot. It. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we ask a lot of people this, it sounds like we might be able to make some predictions on what the answer is going to be, but let's just put it to you. You got a niece. She's asking you, she's, she's like, Hey, I want to make an investment. What would you buy and where? And let's like, keep it to maybe, you know, not like a single family home in Dunbar, but let's sub do, a million let's bucks, do sub a million bucks. Where in the region are you banking on right now? Oh, man. I mean, I think it's, there's certain areas that I still feel are, are are massively undervalued. And I shouldn't say massively. I think they're undervalued. Um, we've been building uh, a master plan at Brewery District for quite some time. Right. You guys are probably all familiar with it. Yeah. You know, uh, again, we haven't talked much about it today, but a, an amazing decision to buy the old Labatt's Brewery there by Peter Wessick. And, and the master plan has been incredibly successful. And we've had amazing partners at New West. They've been a great city to work with. So kudos to them. But New West... I actually still think that if you look at the proximity in the region and you look at how central it is, you look at the amount of park space, you look at the rapid transit access, it is insane to me that parts of Surrey and further out east are at a premium to New West. More expensive. Is, so <laughs> we, new, we've talked about like this. <laughs> new West in, say, 2017 was like, everybody was talking about New West mm-hmm. and it's just fell for off. whatever reason, it's... It's, it's under like, the radar. Yeah, yeah. I know. It, it seems to me like incredible value. I was just there the other day doing the walkthrough at Ovation. And it, it's uh, when I look around the area, it's like it's there's great retail. It's it's super walkable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's the SkyTrain stations. Like everything is there. Well, and I, I, I think in Brewery District, I uh, have a client who bought there. She works at the hospital in Surrey, but it's like, but likes proximity to Vancouver. It's like, man, it is... That's the place. That's the spot. Makes and, sense. And there's a lot. I mean, exp- I'm, we all have young kids, but I would say, like, as a as a young parent, like, amazing schools, right? Uh, you know, just general amenities for young families. Uh, it, it just feels like a really great space. And I also was down in downtown uh, New West for a while there, and I would say that area has changed, you know, for the better mm-hmm. significantly in the last little while. 
So we've got Port Moody, we've got New West. So you're selling your niece into New West, uh, essentially, is what I, <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. I don't mean, that's <laughs> there's a lot. I mean, there's, it's, I mean, it's hard to choose, right? I think that's the problem, and that's the great part about Bank Vancouver. I, I was going to say that's if that's your biggest problem. That's, yeah, uh, tough, tough, yeah. tough go. Um, but yeah, I mean, a lot of places now are so close in price. I really think it depends on what your personal needs are. I think it depends on you know what do you value? Do you value a more urban lifestyle? Do you value a little bit more of an outdoor and active lifestyle? Where are your family? I mean, it's great that people can make decisions that are based on their personal needs and have a lot of options. Mm -hmm. I think that's actually really cool. Rather than just saying, hey, if you want to live urban, it's here and it's this price. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, or vice versa. And I think that's really cool. That's a great part about this region. We have great nodes. We, we've talked about this on the show quite a bit lately, and it would be interesting to get your take. The the idea that over the last couple of years, it seems like almost everything is the same price in the region, right? Do you, do you think we go back to, I don't want to say normal or pre, pre, maybe pre-COVID kind of thoughts around different values in the region? Or do you think that ever the pendulum swings back in the sense of downtown being such a premium over, you know, the Surrey market or even Vancouver Vancouver being the premium? I mean, I think Vancouver is going to be a premium, I think, no matter what, how much will be, will remain to be seen. The thing changes. But I do think that through COVID and through the fact that if you look at how much product was brought online by the different municipalities, when there was a need for people to buy homes, it provided an opportunity to some of these other regions Mm. to take a forward step. And whether it's Surrey, whether it's uh, all the great work that Richard Stewart's doing in, in Coquitlam, like they've put their money where their mouth is and said, hey, no, we're building housing. Yeah. And we're building, we're using housing to fund amenities and it's going to be a great place to live. I'm basically from Vancouver. I live in Vancouver. I, I love everything that has Vancouver, but Vancouver has a problem of not understanding that dynamic right. and trying to do sometimes a little bit too much. And so they've opened the door to some of these other areas to take the lead. Yeah. And uh, you know, maybe a step too far for me to say that Vancouver is still not the leader in the region, but there's some other municipalities that are finding ways to do things faster and better. And, and I think ultimately that's going to mean that there's more housing and more amenities and more desirable neighborhoods delivered in those areas if they can build them faster, if Vancouver can't. Right. I've never actually thought of the idea that in, with this last kind of wave of demand or demand shock, that certain regions were, were better situated to actually provide the housing that every that people needed and therefore become much more dynamic and you know the rest is history exactly i mean you look at and it's a combination of a few factors right it's a combination of good policy great staff and 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 politicians who understand the dynamics that i mentioned earlier like it right. has to be community developer city working together right one in conflict with the other doesn't work and so if you have good policy with flexible land densities, you know, policies and uh, encourage development and fast track projects, like developers are investors, right? Obviously we're community builders at the same time, but, you know, I think Bo talked about this on his podcast in terms of people investing outside of the city of Vancouver due to, due to a number of factors. Like it's just the evolution of that, you know, I don't know when Bo was here a couple of years ago, but like, it's now that now you see it happening. Right. Now it's happened. Right. Right. So now that's, this is the outcome. It's really interesting. Thoughts on the market for the balance of the year uh, last uh, last few months here in 2023, and then what does 2024 look like? 
I mean, you know, I think we're pretty, I think we're pretty bullish on the rest of the year here. Uh, you know, in certain areas, there's still tons of absorption and mm-hmm. lots of demand. Again, like we have the right product. I think things are going to be great. We're launching a project in, um, in Metro Town called Rain. You've maybe seen some of the marketing yeah. material for that. So we're really excited about that product, uh, as well as another project, the River District is another one on Canby Street and 16th. So, you know, that right. speaks for itself. We're moving ahead on a number of projects that we want to, Want to see come it's to on fruition. the southeast corner, right? The one on Canby and 16th. That's correct. Yeah, it's a project built by or not built, designed by Olson Kindig. Right. Um, so it's a really exciting project. So very um, man, what a you know, spot. Much, much. I personally think it's one of the coolest spots. Yeah, uh, have, that's we have center this ice, internally yeah. all the time. <laughs> it's like oh, it's, it's you know Canby Street is this. It's like yeah, but it's Canby Village, like this yeah. area. Yeah. Like in terms of like you know you go a block or two off of that village, and it's like that is one of the most desirable places in Vancouver. Yeah. Totally. And so it's like you want to be in the heart of it, closer to Vancouver, like all day for me. Yeah. No yeah. kidding. What about I'm just thinking because I, I I'm I'm excited about the fact that the forty percent thing kind of blows my mind about River District because it just it suggests because that's already an awesome place to to hang out and spend time, and the fact that there's sixty percent more be, coming. You know what you should, but the strategy. I mean, it's it's a great time. I'm not saying anything about the time to buy, but man, fall West Group and buying the first building on one of these master plan communities. Yeah. That's the strategy, right? Build a time can, machine. Um, <laughs> what? So can, good. <laughs> can we talk about Harlan though? Like, so what's the offering? What, what can people expect in terms of price points and, and unit breakdowns and, and estimated completion on that? Yeah, for sure. Um, so Harlan is a 20, I think we're 29 story tower uh, at River District. So 29 story tower and podium. And um, it has a, just over 330 units uh, with retail grade. And right now we've launched that project. We're about a hundred units sold uh, just over that. And we've seen, you know, great acceptance in the marketplace wow. for the product. Uh, we've designed that project in a very unique way, um, given that it's the tallest building at the River District. And in our master plan, we've got a number of towers that are coming further east. And that's why it kind of feels like it's weird that it's 40%, but the Western side is a lot dense than the Eastern side that's to come. Anyways, it's the tallest building in River District. We put all the amenities in outdoor space um, on the rooftop. So everybody gets a view, everyone gets a penthouse level experience. And in terms of unit mix, you know, it's got a variety of homes for different types of, of users uh, and, and people who want to make it their home. So a ton of three bedrooms and two bedrooms in that kind of like 800 square foot north range. And then also uh, a lot of studios and one bedrooms that are good for obviously investors and first time home buyers. So again, it's a little bit of something for everyone. That's the way we like to look at the project of River District. Rarely do we move forward with one that's, you know, just this or Mm -hmm. just that. Because as I mentioned earlier, you know, we like to appeal to a variety of different purchasers with a variety of different personal needs and and are coming from a a wide range of areas. And so, um, so yeah, Different sizes, obviously very contemporary in terms of what it is in the marketplace from an offering. But one of the f- unique features is obviously the the height of the project and you getting an access to those amenities as well as just generally a, a large amenity package as a whole. Excellent. Did we get your take? You're, so no. you're bullish on the fall. Next three years, I, I was thinking of this. I got, okay, next three years. <laughs> next no, 50 years. No, no, no. This is a new question. This is a, a new question. I don't know if this is going to, if this is useful or not. Let's say one to three, five, one to three to five years. Mm. One being very low confidence in the market, 10 being extremely confident, just in terms of, I guess, pricing. Where are you at? Just give us a number. You don't even have to explain yourself. It's it's, no, that's fair. (laughs) I mean, I'd say like seven and a half, eight. Um, You know, there's some key 
fundamentals that I think are, you know, have been talked about on the podcast already, you know, in terms of, of population growth and immigration. Uh, and again, where we are in this region, we fundamentally believe in this region. That's why we focused our business here. And, you know, at the time when interest rates come down and they will, mm-hmm. right, they will not stay high forever. They will come up and down as they always do. Um, there is such a demand for housing in this region and across Canada that, you know, it's tough to forecast price growth, but from an absorption perspective, you know, we see a lot of people wanting to still come here and move here and finding product that fits their budget is kind of the key. And there definitely is product that we can design uh, and offer that, that does that. So, you know, it's tough to forecast price growth because we've seen so many massive jumps over time, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. You know, will we see another huge jump? Perhaps. Um, I think it just depends on, on a number of factors. So we've got a Bank of Canada meeting, I think it's September 7th, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, um, 6th or 7th, I can't. Uh, 6th, I, I, yeah, 6th or 7th. But anyways, it, this will be coming out after that. Mm. So we'll just go quickly around the, the table here. Let's uh, start with Dean. Hold or uh, or quarter point or the thoughts I, on I what, will, with Dean. what will come out of that meeting. I mean, I think they're going to go up again. I think they're going to go another quarter point. Okay. I really do think, uh, you know, it does seem like even though there's a lot of discussion around what makes up inflation uh, and whether or not, you know, interest should be included in that in terms of home prices. I truly do think that they're still trying to cool the economy. Uh, at least they believe they are. And, and ultimately they're going to, they're going to bump up, but we'll see. I, uh, I'll go next. I, I, I do agree with you. Not because you said it, honestly, I feel like the, Every time there's any information in the last three weeks or a month where it's like, oh, this is great news for inflation. And then something comes out that's kind of a mixed bag. And then I feel like there's not enough certainty there. And they're they're going to, I think they're willing to break something in a way where they're, they'd rather do that than, than go easy and, and have, you know, the problem kind of run out of control. And, and just to keep it interesting, I'm going to say they hold okay. and not as a result of David Eby's letter. That uh, came out this morning. Did you see that? I don't know. I don't know if EB's got too much influence. Yeah, exactly. I wish he, I wish he had more influence. <laughs> um, regardless, uh, I'm going to say that that they hold, uh, mm. which I think is uh, the Royal Bank's position right now. That's good. So we'll we'll see. Uh, well, I guess this will be. Well, <laughs> somebody will be right in yeah. this room, and, uh, and, I'm, and I'm happy to be wrong. Yeah, <laughs> happy to be proven wrong. Uh, Dean, we have uh, we have this segment called the Five Wire Five Lighthearted Questions that we end every show with. Can you stick around for that? Of course. The Five Wire is brought to you by Scalina Real Estate. Hey, that sounds familiar. Scalina Real Estate is a full service real estate company serving Vancouver, offering comprehensive, tried and tested buyer and seller systems. With over a decade in the top ten percent of realtors in the Lower Mainland, and a perfect five-star Google review, Scalina Real Estate can help with all your real estate needs. We also have an extensive network of the best industry professionals and trades right across the country. There's no reason to not get in touch. Head over to scalinarealestate.com to find out more. First question is one book that you've read recently that you would recommend. You know... It's interesting. I I try to read a variety of different styles of books um, just to try to keep you know, de-stressed, keep your mind off things. It's kind of hard sometimes after a long day to read some sort of like business acumen self. Shit, I'm tired. <laughs> so, you know, something that's actually close to my heart is I, uh, I did a trip with my dad to Normandy into the Somme 
this year and did a lot wow. of uh, oh. World War II trip. And as part of that, I read the Band of Brothers book, which has been around for a while, but it's right. the, the Chronicle of Easy Company, which was the paratroopers. And, and basically going around through that region with my dad, who was a military guy and, uh, and, and obviously a history buff was really kind of a special thing for me. So in terms of like personal piece, it just, it blows my mind, that book in terms of, you know, the sacrifice and the, the courage that those guys had, it feels like you read those stories and a lot of them are firsthand accounts. It feels like it's like a life, like deck, like hundreds of years ago. And you realize that what these people went through and what these guys endured. And it's just a, a just an impressive, impressive book. Wow. That's a great one. You're writing it down. Uh, yeah, because I, uh, I actually, and everybody's seen I feel the like show, I, the yeah, show, right on yeah. HBO. Yeah, I feel like I, I really want to read that. Um, that's a great one. In the last few years, what new belief, behavior, or habit has most improved your life? Oh man, I think you know. I was joking this week because I lifted my kid out of the car seat and I put my back out. But I think, you know, fitness in terms of, <laughs> in terms of uh, not only just fitness, but uh, in terms of, you know, being physical and, and trying to stay in shape, but the importance of it in terms of a mental health perspective and uh, I finding myself routines of, of trying to get out in the morning really early. It's helped me be calmer during the day, be better dad, be a better person at work, I, I should hope. And also be fit. And I think that to me is like something I wasn't really consistently doing for a mm -hmm. long time. And I've been really trying to do that the last couple of years. And it's it's changed me a lot. Pretty fit crew at West Group. I'm just thinking about <laughs> Bo when he was here. He was uh, he's a pretty fit guy. Yeah, he's a pretty, pretty fit guy. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> he likes, obviously, is a big skier and skateboarder. So he, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Sure. Wait, when you're out in the morning, is it running or biking or... I used to bike a lot. Yeah. Uh, a couple kids changes that pretty quickly. <laughs> um, so, you know, justifying getting up for four hours in the morning on a Saturday. <laughs> yeah. It's tough, yeah. tough sell. <laughs> it's tough sell. So, you should pick up golfing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Some, a lot of people on our team do that, too. I don't know how it happens, but um, yeah, obviously... For me, it's, you know, getting to the gym. Uh, I got a couple guys I go to the trainer with. We kind of have a good crew and, uh, and then running in the summer, uh, which is great. And obviously less so in the winter. Awesome. awesome. What have you been binge watching lately or a movie recommendation? Oh man. Um, <laughs> you know, it's funny. I've been watching a lot of those Netflix untold sports documentaries. Oh Yeah. Uh, whether Man. it's the Johnny Menzel or the Florida Gators. Yeah, one, that's pretty I just, just uh, finished that one. That was pretty, great. Pretty amazing. <laughs> right? There's a lot left out, it seems like, but some pretty eye-opening things. So the, the Florida Gators, uh, I... I uh, have a friend in New York who's... I'm not, I don't follow that stuff at all. I watched the whole thing. I was like, oh my God. And he's like, wrote me like, you know, a, basically like a thesis on why why it was stupid and here's why, and here's what they left out. But man, what a story. What a story. Yeah. Right. And, uh, you know, obviously I was aware of a lot of it, but a lot of the behind the scenes pieces, and that's why those exist, right? Those, yeah. those shows, but pretty, pretty. I feel like Netflix was the, apart from the Jordan documentary was kind of the weakest when it came to sports stuff. And now they've just, yeah, I guess, yeah. well, they've did the F, uh, the F1. F1 and, one, yeah. Yeah. Have you anyway, done quarterback yet? Uh, no, I haven't watched that one yet. Okay. Yeah. We've been, that's yeah, been that's all. pretty we've great. Talk about it for two oh, weeks. Okay. Neither uh, of us watch football all right, at all, up, but now. Next for yeah. me, though. Yeah. Tonight. <laughs> Favorite band or music? Oh, man. Again, tough one. Like, I kind of grew up listening to a lot of classic rock, and uh, I used to go to a lot of rock concerts with my buddies, and, and I guess 
that's, that's tough. I, there's no lot of country kind of all over the place. I mean, I, in terms of like favorite band or music, it's tough. Favorite concert I've been to is ACDC concert. Wow. Which is pretty fun. Yeah. With a bunch nice. of friends. So yeah, yeah. It's probably the most fun at a concert doing that. And when, Great. how long ago was that? I wonder if ACDC is uh there it was not that long ago really like five years they still do it all right I, I i mean like me walking on my back but i don't know <laughs> i don't know if they're making it happen that much anymore uh last but not least something that you've purchased for under fifteen hundred dollars that's changed your life or had a positive impact on your life at least in the last few years fifteen hundred bucks um yeah, actually, when we moved into our place a couple of years ago, we got a uh, like a one of those coffee makers that you just press the button, it grinds the coffee, makes the coffee, yeah. all these different features, can make a flat way or whatever. That's game changer for me. My coffee intake has skyrocketed, <laughs> <laughs> but but in terms of like you know good coffee in the morning, it's been like I love it. I love it so much. That's that's awesome. Dean, how can people find out more about what you're up to? And of course, more about West Group uh, and all the projects coming. Yeah, definitely. Um, obviously, westgroup.ca uh, and obviously our socials uh, is where you're going to find out the most information about both Harlan and the three upcoming launches this fall. Um, so, you know, to give us a follow, take a look at the website. Um, obviously, be directed to each individual project. And um, yeah, take it from there. Fantastic. Thanks again for your time. And thanks for coming down. That was, that was awesome. That was awesome. Thanks, guys. So there you have it, folks, our discussion with Dean Johnson, Vice President of Development over at West Group. Man, I loved having Dean in the studio. Really cool guy, uh, really thoughtful, great takeaways from that conversation. And uh, just, yeah, uh, awesome just a couple, hang- just a couple East fan dads hanging out. Oh yeah. It felt that way too. It felt like he stuck around for a bit afterwards. We had, we had a good chat. So uh, yeah, appreciate Dean coming down. Man, we, I don't think, I think the last person we had from West group was O Jarvis. Yeah. I've had so many people and I'm sure this, this episode with Dean is going to land in the same, in the same light, but I've had so many people say to me that the Bo Jarvis episode was like instrumental in them becoming kind of like never miss a show listener. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Eh? I've had like three or four people say that to me. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, uh, it's funny when, when a show really hits, but, uh, the people at West group, they really know what they're doing. It's a well-oiled machine over there. And, uh, when you go to uh, river district, you, you see the amazing job that they're doing. Over yeah. There. And you know, honestly, I think we said it, uh, uh, Harlan sounds like a great project. They have so many good projects. You know, I said to him at one point, he kind of went, yeah, that's that's one strategy. Pick one of West Group's master plan communities. Think of how long these take to roll out and yeah. how the prices increase over the decades it takes. Yeah. I mean, you buy early in one of these projects because they got the vision. They they understand what it's gonna look like at the end. I bet on West Group any day of the week. Well, I mean, it's it's crazy because we we sold a lot in the early buildings at River District. And I remember it's kind of like it's funny, but over the years, we've there's been a few standout kind of developments or projects that we've sold a lot in, and we've kind of had everyone, you know, friends and family and clients and past clients that it's like, look, you got to buy, you got to buy this. And sometimes you just got to believe yourself. And also, I'm like, that's my biggest regret is, you know, a lot of people that we've sold into these projects have made tremendous money. And it was almost like the writing was on the wall. Uh, it's, they've had a great, they've been great investments. And now, I mean, now to own something at River District and to even think about how much there still is to go to make that even an even better 
community than it already is. is I know. Is, is wild, right? It's incredible. Uh, so yeah, great conversation with Dean, Adam. Before we go, what else do we have? We have VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. This is, uh, wait a second. What? We didn't even mention this in the, in the intro. What's that? Jaden Lee's run. We're like oh, yeah. three weeks out. Three weeks Underscore out. Jaden Lee. J-A-Y-D-E-N-L-E-E. Yeah. And uh, appreciate everybody reaching out and sharing about Jaden's uh, journey. Obviously, for people that don't know, Jaden is a cancer survivor. He found out he had cancer when he was when he was a teenager. He has beat cancer. He is now in his last final checkup for the five years where it's um, there's there's a higher chance of reoccurrence. Uh, fair to say, yeah. Um, and this is his final final blood work. He is running a hundred and fifty, or sorry, a hundred miles. Yeah, which is. I I can't do the conversion off the top of my head. More than 100 kilometers. Let's put it that way. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's more than 150 kilometers, isn't it? Uh, Uh, 1.6, I think. Consult the the Instagram. Consult your calculator. Yeah, but here's here's the thing. Regardless, he's doing this run. It's coming up. It's It's coming up October 6th at 3 p.m. And you know what else the other thing is? Is that I was just... For some reason, everyone thinks I'm doing this run with him, like alongside. Like people keep saying, yeah, you got that big run. I thought... I thought I, you were. I'm I'm walking like 5K maybe, but like this is uh I, I'm I'm gonna join him at some stretch. But I mean, like literally someone said to me, Oh, you got that big run coming up. Yeah. I don't know how that got in there, but I'm not. I'm not running. Really? I am. I am you're running a hundred you're no, running. No, 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 not a hundred miles. No, no. 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 You're you're running like you're you're doing the 10K. Yeah. Well, no, I'm but I'm I'm showing my support. Uh, oh put, yeah, putting my money where my mouth is, and I'm also uh, putting on my shoes on October 6th and coming out to uh, to run with Jaden. That's for sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll be there too. I'm just not doing the hundred miles. Let's be clear about okay. that. Okay. Yeah. I, I can't believe anyone thought. <laughs> <laughs> no, they haven't seen me. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So here, let's uh, let's carry on. All right. Last but not least, VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. This is our website where all real estate related things live, including the Vancouver Commercial Real Estate Podcast. You can go there for the back catalog. We have a fantastic search option now. We have the weekly mailer, the live wire. This has a donate to Jaden Lee's run on it now in the live wire. So sign up for the live wire for an easy access to donate. We also have deal of the month stats, different types of stats before everyone else. There's no reason why you shouldn't be on the live wire. We also have, of course, Adam, tried and true private client services. Yeah, Matt, because if you are not using PCS, you are standing still while the rest of us power walk by. You get sold prices, days on market. You basically get realtor level information for free. It's available at your fingertips over at Vancouver Real Estate Podcast. Click on buy with us. And it is the best tool to have set up right now because one, you want to see new inventory when it drops because as we know, really, really low supply right now, especially of good product. Mm -hmm. So you want to be first right now when something great comes. And then, of course, you want to be monitoring sold prices because that's where you're really going to start to see changes in the market in real time. So definitely sign up for your own free account. And Matt, how can people get in touch with you? You can get in touch with me at any time, 778-847-2854 or matt at vancouverrealestatepodcast.com. Or you can try me at 778-866-4574 or adam at vancouverrealestatepodcast.com. And of course, we got that Kokomo line, info at vancouverrealestatepodcast.com. We'll have a great week. And like we said at the beginning of the show, so many fantastic episodes coming in the coming weeks here. So stay tuned. Take care. Two thousand faces for radio. Subscribe today.